Welcome to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe a website with a clear message never confuses, beats the competition, and grows your business. I am your host, Sam Moss. Have you ever been running your business and just thought to yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? If you weren't able to answer that question, you know, either now or when you ask that, then you might not have a mission behind your business that helps the greater good. And you know, that's common. People ask themselves that question all the time and there's nothing wrong with not having the answer. But today on the podcast, I had the pleasure to talk with Stu Baldwin, the owner of American Capital, about how and why a business should have an underlying mission for what they do. Now, if you're running a business and it's becoming a drag and you just don't have a passion to do it anymore, then this is going to revive what you once were excited about. So I am really looking forward to you guys listening to this. Here's my interview with small business owner, Stu Baldwin. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today for a podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on. You're welcome, Sam. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Can you um, just briefly share why you and Harriet started American Capital? A couple of motivations. Uh, We moved to this area of uh, Elmira, the southern tier, basically for three reasons. Uh, I have family uh, up here. At the time we moved here, my parents were two hours one way, my sister's two hours the other. We followed the progress of the Quality Finger Lakes wine producers for a long time and love what uh, is happening there. And I'm a semi-retired real estate developer. And unlike big ground-up projects that we built in the New York City metropolitan area, we were looking for more bite-sized projects. And there are many in the Elmira area, to be sure. And so we, uh, we tested our theory that it would be possible to purchase inexpensive houses, uh, fix them up, make them available to people that were not necessarily able to go to the bank. Uh, and the Elmira area has characteristics that are very favorable to that type of a model, provided you're willing to live here. Um, and so we tested the model before we moved. It worked like a charm. I can explain that further uh, as we speak, but uh, that motivated us to make the move, and we've been here since 2011. So one of the things that, before we were on the air, we talked about was putting a mission behind what a business does. And that's exactly what you guys do here. You have an underlying mission uh, here in American Capital, and can you share what that mission is and how it ties into what you do? Sure. So um, by way of background, my late father was a minister. My late grandfather on my mother's side was a minister. So there's a a thread of missional desire that runs through me. Uh, I've never had the bug to be a minister myself. Uh, My parents joke that I got the genes of the other grandfather who was a merchant (laughs) in upstate New York and actually a real estate investor in upstate New York. Everything that I've done professionally has had some kind of a missional aspect to it. Uh, In Connecticut, for example, we built a big project uh, and I got into it because it was in the village I was living and the land was going to get sold to a mobster who is going to build a completely out-of-character, steel-and-glass, modernistic office building in our nice little historic village. And uh, up here, 
we feel that homeownership is a social good and that there are a lot of people that are still frozen out of the ability to get a mortgage from a bank because the banks are still kind of tight with their money as they normally are. And yet there are plenty of people that have the income to support uh, an appropriate rent to own payment. Uh, so we, uh, we felt that we could create a business model that would take houses that were out of service, uh, in most cases dilapidated to some extent, fix those up so that makes the neighbors happy, uh, make those houses available to people that want to be on a path to home ownership uh, and were otherwise unable to get there, makes them happy. And we finance this almost entirely with private investment money and we pay our private investors a very nice rate of return compared to what the banks are offering. So they're happy. We're making a few bucks. We're happy. So the goal behind it really was, obviously, it's a business. You and your wife are looking to support yourselves. But the underlying mission is, look, Elmira has a lot of poverty. Um, other cities you know, outside of Elmira have a lot of poverty. And we want to make an opportunity for people that really can't afford a home, right, to get in a home. And it's really your driving factor behind most of it. Yeah, I mean, a couple of examples probably drive the point home. Uh, one of the many, we own a, a little over 100 houses at the moment that uh, are primarily rent to own. <clears throat> we bought one of those houses a few years ago because it was a few blocks from where a family from our church was renting for six years. And as the old joke goes, all they had for six years was six years of rent receipts. Uh, we thought this house would suit them. Uh, it did. Uh, we entered into a rent-to-own arrangement, and they've been there for, I think, about four years now. Uh, pay the rent on time, religiously, pardon the pun. Uh, and uh, they're very happy to have had that opportunity, which they otherwise didn't have because of some medical-driven credit-related issues. Uh, another house we bought from a, also from a bank, uh, needed a lot of renovation, but it was in the near West Side Historic District here, which has a lot of gorgeous old homes, and you can tell from looking at them how nicely they were built back in the day. So our contractor, uh, who uh, in this case encouraged me to slightly overspend on the renovations, he was so taken with what the house looked like when it was done that he became our rent-to-own customer for that house. Uh, and uh, that's a perfect happy ending story. And just a little coda to that. Um, as you know, we're in this business networking group together. And one of the other members of the group uh, is Rhinone Kitchens and Baths. And that nice historic house uh, that our contractor now lives in has a beautiful Rhinone kitchen. In that's it. awesome. So I want to back up a little bit. And for people that are listening, they might not understand what it means to have a mission behind a business. So can you explain what that what that means for a business, what it can look like, and yeah, just touch on those two things? Yeah, I think it, it it's a slightly spiritual outgrowth of uh, the old saw that, you know, find something you like and do it for a living. Uh, it, it takes it one step further. Obviously, you know, if, if you have any ability at all, you shouldn't be doing something that uh, grinds the soul out of you day after day. But that aside, uh, on the more positive uh, aspect, it's incredibly useful as a small business owner to be 
doing something that you feel is a calling mm-hmm. uh, or a mission uh, rather than just a business because as any small business owner knows, there are innumerable demands on your time and things come up that you can't anticipate and you know sometimes uh, it's that you know why did I get out of bed uh, type of a day at work Um, but of course those of us that own small businesses we like the idea of owning them uh, and to to an extent being our own boss but it's much more useful if the purpose of that business uh, has a missional aspect that kind of speaks to your soul and makes it more than just something you go to from the proverbial nine to five. And why should a business even think about having a mission behind them? Um, Because it informs what you do uh, and it is... A motivating factor for why you do what you do. Um, for example, we we deal with uh, all kinds, except you know, in, in terms of our rent-to-own customers, all kinds other than truly wealthy, because they're they're not not needing to do rent-to-own. But uh, we also have a couple of houses uh, on the side that are for parolees, which are you know kind of lower down the food chain, especially when they get out of prison for the first time. And we found that it's incredibly useful to just treat everyone as the human being that they are. We're all God's children and so forth. Uh, And the customers respond in kind. Uh, So a parolee who maybe just got out of jail and is still not feeling all that great about themselves, you treat them like a normal, nice human being they respect that, they respond to it, and they act better, in my opinion, as a result. So uh, in the larger sense, uh, having a mission, like I said, it informs your own behavior as a business owner, uh, but it also uh, spreads a little bit of uh, good cheer in the larger community with whom you're dealing. And how fulfilling has it been to you? I mean, it's really been your model since the beginning, since the mobster was going to buy the huge complex or whatever it was, you know, you had this mission behind what you wanted to do, but how fulfilling is it for you to know, wow, we're providing homes for the people that really can't afford them, putting them on a path to home ownership. And how can it be fulfilling for someone else when they have their own mission that they're really grinding it out and knowing that it's not just for the paycheck and making sure they send their kids to college? Yeah, I think um, every business has some kind of output. Uh, We're fortunate because in most cases, we're taking a house that was somewhat or greatly dilapidated, fixing it up. There's tangible joy in that. Um, There's tangible satisfaction because... You know, it, it, it's the much larger version of, uh, you know, you go home, you've had a terrible day and you can always wash the dishes and, you know, feel like you've accomplished something. So, you know, we, uh, we're taking these, these houses. It's many, a little different when you get a whole house renovated, right? That, yeah. That wasn't looking too good before. I'll be back with the rest of my interview with Stu in just a moment. 
Hundreds of websites come across our desks here at One Click Agency every single year. Here's a secret. They're all making the same five mistakes. Every single one of them. And they're basic mistakes and you're probably making them too. So what we did is we wrote a PDF to help you correct those mistakes all on your own. OneClickAgency.com forward slash five website mistakes. Now you can either spell that out or use the numbers. It doesn't matter. It goes to the same place. See, if you're making one of these five mistakes on your website, they are super easy to fix. You can do it all on your own. They really don't take long to find either. Now, this is foundational and basic stuff for your website. It's nothing crazy in depth. These mistakes are basically equivalent to a business turning on their, not turning on their open sign when they went in in the morning, and then they, they sit around and wonder why no one's coming into the store. And basically, if they were to turn on the open sign, then people would come in. It's simple things like that. It's just common sense mistakes that people just don't realize. And these website mistakes are really easy for you to fix. Go to oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes. It's totally free. Oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes. And I'll explain what those mistakes are and how you can fix them all by yourself. Oneclickagency.com forward slash five website mistakes. And so for other business owners, you know, not knowing what, the nature of their business is basically, I would say, you know, figure out what the tangible uh, output of your business is, and you know, if you do it well, revel in it. Uh, for example, another BNI member uh, just bought a flower shop, and he's made it abundantly clear that his background was not in flowers, and he's had to learn quite a bit, but from the reports we've heard of members of our group that have used him for flowers, he clearly has thrown himself fully into this business and has developed some real skill, and therefore his floral bouquets are bringing great joy to the larger community. So again, one doesn't know what the business or business model is of everyone out there that might listen to this right. podcast, but... Um, Many of us have some kind of a tangible output, do it well, and revel in it. So how can they identify that? Because a lot of these business owners, they're already established, and they can think to themselves, wow, okay, well, I've been doing this for years. I don't have a mission. But when they step back, I bet if they were to really look into what they're doing, they can identify, for example, the flower shop. <laughs> he doesn't, he's not you know, eradicating poverty in Elmira and the surrounding mm -hmm. cities. But he's providing a great product. He's making people happy. You know, maybe he's providing it for a funeral. Like, you don't know where those bouquets are going. And his mission behind it is like, look, I just want to bring joy to people with the flowers. So how can another business owner really dig into their business and identify, you know what, I do have a mission here and I have a passion? Well, I would say, you know, think about what you do and not just uh, in terms of widgets, but in terms of impact. So as a simple example, uh, someone who owns a lunch counter, and now of course their business is to serve lunches to people, uh, but the reality is uh, there are a lot of lunch counters that one can go to. So why do you go to one place over another? Certainly the food quality enters into it, but also the experience. And so, you know, do you hire servers that really take good care of the patrons that come in? And do your patrons leave not just with a full stomach, but with 
a sense of fulfillment. Uh, so drill down into whatever the nature of your business is. I mean, an insurance broker, for example, uh, you know, obviously someone comes to them because they need a policy of one kind or another, and they want to be able to leave with the right policy. But we have a couple of insurance brokers in our networking group as well, and they make it clear that there's a relationship aspect uh, on the one hand. You know, they don't just want to be transactional. And then there's an educational component. They want to understand as much as they can what the nature of the need is on the part of the customer so that they don't just give them a piece of paper, but they meet the need. It's no longer just transactional. It's further than that. And just diving into, look, this is what we offer, and this is how we help people can be their mission, is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, that there's a larger um, there's a larger component um, to most small business transactions uh, that goes beyond the actual thing that's being sold or the piece of paper that's being provided, whatever, whatever the type of business is, it's really, um, it's a fulfillment of a need. Uh, in some cases, certainly we're a good example. It's, it's a benefit to the larger community. Uh, so look for that beyond just the simple transaction aspect, I would say, to a given business owner. And when you have, for example, your mission behind American Capital, how does that translate into the community? Because you and I both know, along with pretty much every other business owner, the more involved you are in the community, the more it can help grow your business and you know the better exposure you get and things like that. So having a mission that impacts the community, does that correlate and give you exposure in the community? I think it does. Um, our office is a good example. Um, it came up on the tax auction about five years ago. At the time, we were working from our house in West Elmira. Um, we weren't automatically looking for an office, but uh, <clears throat> we were familiar with the characteristics of the building. And uh, long story short, we bought it very inexpensively, then spent quite a bit of money to fix it up, make it nice. And as an example, this guy walks in the door, not someone we knew, uh, shortly after we finished our renovations. And he said, I love your taste in art, because uh, we have a lot of nice paintings on the walls, as you know. Uh, and uh, so we got chatting, and it turns out he was chairman of the board of the local art museum, uh, which I had appreciated uh, already, the little museum. I think it's a gem. Everyone should go there, the Arnott Museum on Lake Street. Uh, but we've become friends as a result. Um, and when we moved our home, uh, we invited he and his uh, lady friend to come up for dinner and give us a little advice on where to hang the paintings in our home, which he was happy to do. Just all from, you know, we fixed up a building. It made a nice impact on the community. It's on a strong business corner, so it has a lot of traffic, uh, and people react to that. Uh, Others have come in just randomly to comment and say, oh, you know, it's really nice to see this building put back in shape, especially old timers that, you know, have been around the Elmira area and they're um, maybe more used to seeing buildings decaying than coming back to life. Yeah. And how can a business owner um, that might not be involved in the community a whole lot right now, 
How can they get into the community more? I think there, there are many different avenues, uh, certainly from my heritage and, and my uh, uh, desire. Uh, church has always been one of those aspects. It's a good idea. Uh, we lived in a, when we lived in Connecticut, it was a, quite a different place, very high-end type of community, but a small village in numbers of people, and there were two churches in the village, and you either joined the Episcopal Church or the Congregational Church, and my grandfather had been a Congregational minister, so that was an easy decision. But as a result, you met an awful lot of people, got to know them, uh, and that opportunity is available still today in almost any community, certainly here in Elmira, there are lots of churches, uh, and uh, we joined a a startup church uh, that is uh, over in Big Flats uh, and connected with a number of people uh, as a result of that. So church is a possibility. Uh, There are networking opportunities. Certainly uh, our business has benefited greatly from Business Networking International, the BNI Express chapter here in Elmira. Uh, There are other uh, ways to jump in. we had joined the country club before we moved here because we knew our house would need renovation and we uh, needed a place to shower when we came to visit Elmira <laughs> before living here. And uh, the person who became head of the country club for a while there, he was a wine aficionado, as I am. So we formed a little wine committee. and A little networking club, basically. Yeah, 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 it was great. We'd get together every month and pick some good wines to add to the wine list at the country club. And... Uh, one of those members was a, a high up executive in one of the local banks and just a funny local story. Uh, so we, uh, this was a bank that we had our accounts with and uh, we'd applied for some financing and, uh, you know, submitted all the paperwork and the, the facts and figures type stuff. But I had a wine committee meeting that night and, uh, uh, Melinda, uh, said to me, Oh, I gave you a good reference today, Stu. And I said, oh, (laughs) what was this about? Well, apparently, in addition to the facts and figures having to make sense for this uh, local bank, uh, you also had to get a social reference. And somebody in the bank knew that Melinda knew me from the wine committee on the country club. And that's how small places work sometimes. I I want to touch on that because that brings up a really good point. There are established networking groups. I've had great success networking. And if you're a business owner and you're not networking, get out and network. That's one of the best ways you can grow your business and really get the exposure. But what you just said is you pretty much made your own little networking group with your, your wine tours. So mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't start getting some business owners together and say, Hey, let's go grab coffee or let's, let's get breakfast or lunch, you know, once a month. That's a great initiative that you had to go do that. And you know, you've, you've gotten referrals because of it. So if there's not a networking group in your area, or even if there is, and you don't want to join, there's no reason why you can't Start getting some people together to go do that yourself. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I mean, God said, don't hide your light under a bushel. Exactly. And any small business owner, I, I, I don't know any small business owner that wouldn't benefit from a little more exposure or business. So, you know, go out and get it. It's there to be had. And if using the wine committee as an example, if you're doing something in that networking process that you love anyway, that's, that's a double win. Yeah. Stu, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to 
share with us, you know, why it's great to have a mission behind what you do and how it's good to get out in the community and some ways to do that. Can you share where my listeners can find out more about you, maybe American Capital? Sure. Um, And one final thought before I give uh, contact information. One of the things that our business had enabled us to do, I mentioned we're members of a small startup church. Uh, The church was able to buy their building and uh, it had uh, a nice dirt front uh, and we needed a proper parking lot. And uh, we were able to donate 50 grand towards the church renovations. That's awesome. Uh, and there was no way we would have been able to do that if it had not been for this business model. Mm-hmm. So um, we're at the corner of Westwater Street and Hoffman Street in Elmira. Uh, and our website is www.myownhomest.org. That's ST like Southern Tier. Uh, and our office number is 607-873-7346. We'd be happy to hear from people. We always have a handful of houses available on the one hand. And as I mentioned, we finance our business by offering a very nice 7 to 10% return to our private investors. And we've done this for eight years, so we have a track record. And we'd be happy to hear from either potential customers, investors, or both. Stu, thank you so much again for joining me today. And I really appreciate your time. You're welcome, Sam. Thank you. Man, it was an honor being able to sit down and talk with Stu about the importance of having a mission behind your business. It just brings a whole new passion for what you do and gives you joy um, when you contribute to your community and also to those around you. Now, if you'd like more information on American Capital and what Stu and Harriet do, then be sure to visit their website, www.myownhomest.org. That's myownhomest.org. Now, next week, I have business owner Josh Cassidy on the podcast from Railhouse Restaurant. Here's a short clip of my interview with Josh. dollar at the end of the day um, is you know the end game that's the that's the goal you know you want to make as much as possible and uh, too many people focus on the short-term dollar rather than the long-term dollar and by going cheap you might be making a little extra money up front um, but less and less people over time are going to go to your business I just want to say, guys, it would be awesome if you subscribed to the podcast and left me a review. Um, if you haven't done that already, some of you have. It would just be a, a huge help and uh, really get the word out. And I would love to hear what you guys love about the podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast. Again, where we believe a website with a clear message never confuses, always beats the competition, and grows your business. Oh, 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 oh,